there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Uh, we are going to continue uh, with our series entitled The Five Seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. Uh, we're taking that scripture and we're pairing it with Moses' psalm, Psalm 90 verse 10, where Moses writes, The years of our life are 70, or if by reason of strength, 80. So typically you're going to live 70 to 80 years. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. And so what we've been saying throughout the duration of this series is, is that the average American lives to be just a little over 79 years of age. So we round that up to 80 years and that gives us four 20 year increments. We've already talked about the springtime of life. That's those of you who are birth through 20 years old. We've talked about the summertime of life. That would be those of you who are 21 to 40 years old. We've talked about the fall season of life, those of us who are 41 to 60 years of age. And this morning we're going to look at the final season, at least for our physical bodies, winter. Winter is called late adulthood or old age. And that would be anyone in here who is 61 years and older, 61 to 80 plus for our purposes. Um, let me just say this. I think we have a natural tendency to, to think, well, you know what? I'm, I'm young. I don't really need to hear this. Um, I, I want you to hear this because here's what I want you to understand. Um, the goal is to live a long life. We all want to live a long life. And sooner or later, what we're going to talk about today is coming for all of us. Um, and so I want you to pay very close attention um, to the winter season of life because this is an incredibly difficult season for a lot of people. Um, the winter season of life is, is this time in life when you begin to hear your favorite songs played on the elevator when you're going to the doctor's office. Uh, it's the winter season of life when you're told to slow down by your doctor and not the police officer. Um, it is a very, very different, difficult season of life. Um, the winter season, the last season of life we have here on earth. So let, let me just tell you uh, out of the, out of the get-go, this is somewhat of a depressing sermon. Uh, we will uplift you next week as we conclude this series. Um, but I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to have a, a fear-based sermon. I'm not trying to discourage you. But I do want to speak some truth into you. And the tr this is the truth. The winter season of life starts out many different ways for, for many different people, but it all ends exactly the same. Death. We all are going to die. And so some of you in here are in that winter, winter season of life. The rest of us are hoping to stay alive long enough to get into that season of life as well. Uh, but it all ends the same way. As, the psalmist, as Moses says in Psalm 90, our days are soon gone <clears throat> and we fly away. And so this can be a very sobering season of life 
when you begin to realize, hey, my time here on earth is short. I've got 20 years, I've got 10 years, I've got five years left. I don't have much time here on earth. And it can, it can be a very sobering season of life. I think that the winter season of life is much like real winter itself. Um, winter begins this year on Tuesday, December 21st, four days before Christmas. And so, so think about that for just a second. Uh, think about the winter season of life. You're, you're 61 years old. You're still working. You're still busy. You're still preparing. You're still doing things, much like the, the hustle and bustle of the week before Christmas. Winter season starts for us with a lot of holidays. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. The winter season of, of life for, for people starts out this way as well. Lots of parties, lots of celebrations. Someone's going to throw you a retirement party and give you a plaque for all your years of service. Um, you, you may go to your grandkids' wedding. Uh, you're, you're, you're going to, to travel. Uh, you're going to rest. You're going to do some of the things that you always wanted to do. It starts out with celebration. But just like real winter, late January and February set in. And it's cold. It's dark and it's dreary. So think about it. Winter is usually the harshest season of the year. The winter season of life is the harshest season that we go through because our bodies will begin to systematically break down. And so with that in mind, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I want to take you to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Um, we do this every uh, year or so here to, as a reminder of what's coming uh, for us. And I know some of you have heard this, um, but I, I know some of you haven't. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, King Solomon, who writes the entire book of, of Ecclesiastes, the book we've been in for the last several weeks, in chapter 12, um, he begins to talk about the winter season of life, specifically how we begin to deteriorate, how we begin to break down. So I just want to do this quickly as a reminder and to kind of set us up to, to move forward. Ecclesiastes 12.2, here's what Solomon writes. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. So what he's doing from the get-go is he's painting a picture of a cloudy, foggy day where you can't see much. And most scholars believe he's referring to the mind of an old person. Uh, when you can't remember the things that you used to remember, you're not as quick-witted as you, as you used to be. You can't recall things like you used to. And then for some people, dementia sets in or some horrible disease of the mind. Um, it's a very, very hard thing to witness. I know many of you have witnessed this with your parents and your grandparents. All right? Your mind is not what it used to be. He continues in verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house begin to tremble. Now, I ask this all the time. How do you take care of things around your house? With your hands. You cook with your hands. You clean with your hands. You're putting things away. How do you take care of yourself? How do you brush your teeth, brush your hair, take a shower? With your hands. He's saying there's coming a time in your life when your hands that, that used to be rock solid and rock steady begin to shake and tremble simply because 
you're aging out. He says, and, and the strong men are bent. Uh, you remember that, that time you, you could once bend down and deadlift almost anything you wanted in life? Now you can't. Because your back is thrown out, you're bent over, you're hunched over, you're ridden with arthritis. And so the net result is, as we begin to age, we begin to bend down, we begin to stoop more. That's what he's talking about. We lose strength in our core, in our back, and our legs. And then he says, and the grinders cease because they are few. He's talking about our teeth. All right, now when Solomon wrote this, they didn't have false teeth back then. So when you lost them, you lost them, right? Uh, you would have fit really, fit, no, I'm not even going to say it. All right, um, no false teeth. Um, I was going to make an Alabama joke, but I better not. Uh, <laughs> did you know that in America, by the age of 60 years, when you're 60 years or older, um, on average, most 60-year-old Americans have lost one-third of their teeth. Uh, they're replaced with veneers and false teeth and things like that. All right, so here's what we're beginning to see, and we're not even done yet. Solomon is painting a picture of the aging process. Okay, and so here's what we have so far. Your mind's not what it used to be. Your hands aren't as steady as they used to be. Your back hurts all the time. Your posture changes as you stoop over. Your teeth start to fall out. Uh, not a real pretty picture. He continues. And those who look through the windows are dimmed. Dimmed windows. He's referring to eyesight. Uh, as we begin to get older, uh, our eyesight starts to fade. I'm 50 years old. All right, and I already see this happening. Um, I don't say this out loud, but I'm the guy in the restaurant now that sits there and, and looks at the menu and thinks to myself, why do they have to print these so small? Uh, why is it so dark in this restaurant? I can't even read, so I've got to get one of my kids to like walk 10 feet away and hold the menu up. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the steak. Uh, give me the steak. Uh, because our eyesight begins to fade. Then he says in verse 4, and the doors on the street are shut. So imagine putting your, your hands over your ears. You're not able to hear like you used to when the sound of grinding is low. So he's talking about losing our hearing. Um, you know, you either get hearing aids or people just have to shout everything at you. What? And you know, so you, you begin to lose your hearing. It, it reminds me of a joke that is not funny at all. So I'm, I'm going to tell it anyway. You can humor me. Um, so this old man was wondering if his wife had a hearing problem. Uh, so one night he stood behind her as she sat in her recliner, and he was uh, quite a distance away from her, and he just spoke softly to her, and he said, Honey, can you hear me? And there was no response. Well, he moved a little closer, and he said it a little louder. Honey, can you hear me? There was still no response. Well, finally, he moved right behind her and he got right in, in her ear and he said, Honey, can you hear me? And she replied, For the third time, yes, I can hear you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the sound of grinding is low. You can't hear. He continues, And one rises up at the sound of a bird. Um, uh, the older I get, the earlier I seem to wake up. I don't like to wake up early, but I do. Uh, and so what he's saying is, is, is um, you're waking up early at the sound of the bird. You're up with the rooster because you just can't sleep like you used to sleep. 
So here's what we have so far. Your mind is going on you. Your hands are trembling. Your back is aching. Your posture is changing. You can't see. You can't hear. And you can't sleep. And you don't have any teeth. He continues, verse 5. They are afraid also of what is high and the terrors in the way. All right, and so you know if you've got some age on you, you don't climb ladders like you used to climb because heights, they didn't scare me at all when I was a younger man. But uh, as I get older, I'm afraid of heights. I'm not really afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling, uh, which to me is the same thing. Um, There's a day coming for me, and I've shared this with you multiple times, I'm a huge hunter, an outdoorsman. Uh, I know there's a day coming for me when I can't climb up in a deer stand because I'll be afraid. And then he said, there are terrors in the way. And I always like to describe it like this. You ever been on 278 or I-20 and you're driving and you're behind someone in the fast lane and they're driving so slow and you're like, what is this person doing? And you whip over and you pass them and it's some little old lady or some little old man driving. Listen, what he's saying is, the pace of life when you get older becomes terrifying. You, you, your reflexes aren't the same, and you can't do things like you used to do. And then he says, the grasshopper drags itself along. And the word pictures he, he's giving is an injured grasshopper. And watch the way an older person who may be on a walker has to just kind of barely shuffle their feet. They kind of have to drag themselves along. He also says, I missed this, the almond tree blossoms. Um, He's talking about uh, almond trees, when they blossom, they turn white. So what little bit of hair we do have left turns white or it turns loose. Then he says, and desire fails. Okay, there are two schools of thought on what this means. One is this, that the desires of life that once brought you pleasure no longer brings you pleasure. I've seen this time and time again. I've seen men who have just absolutely loved sports and then they get to a certain age and they don't even care about sports anymore. Uh, The things that they once loved, the things that once brought you pleasure, it's gone. That's one interpretation. A second interpretation of what Solomon means here is sexual desire. And your sexual desire fails. In other words, they don't make a Viagra pill strong enough anymore uh, to reinvigorate you. Uh, You have lost that desire. He continues, because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Here's what Solomon is saying. He's saying you're going to go through this process. All right, and it's a, it's a sign as your body begins to systematically break down and these things begin to happen, it's a sign to your loved ones that the end is near. Okay, and so around you, when they're taking care of you, they're putting on a good face. They're saying, you're going to be okay. We love you. But when they go out in the streets, they're mourning. They've already started the grieving process. They've already started saying goodbye because they know your time on earth is short. And for some instances, they're already planning your funeral. This is why when you study Solomon's writings, every time he refers to the aging process, do you know what he calls it? The evil days. The evil days. And we'll talk about that more in just a second. But look at verse 6. Before the silver cord is snapped. He's talking about your nervous system there. Um, which is evident when a person dies, their nervous system shuts down and their jaw opens up and that's why your mouth opens up. 
Or the golden bowl is broken. He's talking about your brain shutting down. And the pitcher is shattered at the fountain. He's talking about your heart that pumps blood. And so what he's saying is your, your nervous system or your brain or your circulatory system, they're going to begin to shut down. Okay, so here's what we have. You lose your sight. You lose your teeth. You lose your hearing. Your back is bent. Your hands are shaking. What little bit of hair you have left is white. You're afraid of falling. The pace of life is too fast for you. Your desire to do anything fun, to, your desire to live is gone. And then either your nervous system, your brain, or your circulatory system shut down. You die and you're returned to dust. Happy Sunday. Have a good week, right? If we would end, this would be a very, very depressing message. It's not the prettiest picture painted here by Solomon. It's not the greatest of news. But I want you to understand, Solomon is speaking the truth. Now, what makes the book of Ecclesiastes, is probably my favorite Old Testament book, uh, so compelling to me, is when Solomon wrote this book. Solomon didn't write this book in the springtime of his life. He didn't write it in the summer or the fall. He wrote it at the end of his life. He wrote it in the winter season of his life. And so those of you who are in the winter season of life know that you see the world much differently than you saw it when you were a young person. Because with age, there's a lot of downside to aging, but there's a lot of upside. Because with age comes patience and wisdom and insight. So, so think of it this way. Think of a forest in the summertime, all right? It is a lush forest. It is dense. It is beaming. There's life everywhere. However, you can't see very far in the forest, all right? And so the younger we are, the more short-sighted we are, right? Uh, we, we can't see past tomorrow or past next week. We live in the now. We don't really look down the road. Now look at the same forest in the wintertime. You can see much further, can't you? You have an extremely different vantage point. You can see more. You can see the bigger picture of life. And so Solomon is writing these words as someone who has seen all four seasons of life. And to top it all off, the Bible tells us that he was the wisest man who ever lived. In fact, he was given supernatural wisdom by God the Father. So he's speaking to us as an aged old man who has seen it all and done it all. He has a very good vantage point. I like what Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman said. She said this, quote, getting old is like climbing a mountain. You get a little out of breath, but the view is much better. And so Solomon is writing these words from a very high vantage point. And so, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to leave here depressed this morning, so here's what I want to do. Um, I want to veer off from the book of Ecclesiastes for a few minutes, and, and I want to give you, we've done this every week, I want to give you some wintertime advice. So if you're in this season of life, this is advice for you. If you're not in this season of life, you're hoping to one day live long enough to get into this season of life, and uh, I, I want this to be advice to you as well. All right, so I've got three things, three wintertime advice. Number one, 
As you get older, remember to grow better, don't grow bitter. Grow better, don't grow bitter. Look what Paul says to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. He says, Listen, don't just get rid of some bitterness. Let all bitterness be put away from you. Bitterness is closely related to jealousy and dissatisfaction of life. Okay, so think about it. As a person begins to get older and they can't do the things they once used to do, um, they, they, begin, they begin to feel bitter because they can't do those things. And then they get jealous or envious of others who can do those things because they feel like the world is passing them by. During this winter season of life, it's, it's, it's a, a season where we can grow very dissatisfied with life. Because we're retired, we feel like we've lost our purpose, our kids never come by to see us, the grandkids never call, and to top it all off, all we do is sit around and watch news and we say the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And so a lot of older people, no offense, become bitter old grumps. They become like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon in the movie Grumpy Old Men. Now you've got to be old to know that movie, so, uh, Right? That they just be just full of gall and bitterness. And it's not just men who grow bitter when they get older. It also happens to women. I have seen some grumpy old ladies in my life as well. So think about this. Everyone, no matter how old or young you are, we all have a tendency to grow bitter when life becomes difficult, right? Well, winter season is the most difficult time of life there is. So... We need to remind ourselves that bitterness is like a cancer. It just deteriorates our minds and our hearts. If it's left unchecked, the tendency can eventually poison our perspective toward just about everything in the world. So when I was a kid, I used to think that all old people were nice. Uh, they would give me like butterscotch candy and, you know, free dent gum and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, just all old people are nice. But now that I'm older, I don't find that to be true. There are so many bitter, calloused, cynical people in the world, just, just full of, of bitterness. And so I want to encourage you, when you go through this season of life, to grow better, not grow bitter during this winter season. In Titus chapter 2, the Apostle Paul gives these uh, instructions for older men and older women how they're to conduct themselves in the church and how they're to be examples to the younger men and the younger women in church. And I just want you to see this. It's Titus 2, verses 2 through 5. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love. Bitterness and love can't live in the same house, by the way. And in steadfastness. Verse 3, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to too much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, to be pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. And so as we hear these instructions for older men and older women, we begin to realize very quickly there's no room for bitterness. Paul is instructing these older people on how to act uh, a certain way because 
um, you who are older are to model for those model for us who are younger how to walk in love, how to walk steadfastly, how to walk in purity with the Lord. So it's been said that some people age like fine wine, right? They just get better and better and better with age. But others age like milk. They turn sour and chunky, all right? Be like, be like fine wine. Don't be like sour milk. I... I have the luxury of having this modeled for me in my life. I, I talk about my, my number one hero in this world was my grandfather, Vernon Barton. I watched him get old. He died when he was 94. And the older he got, the better he got. The older he got, the more joyful he became. He aged like fine wine, which I love because wine in the Bible represents joy. And his joy, even though his body was failing, was always intact. And I want to be like that. I don't want to be some grumpy old man. And I'm 50 and I'm already getting grumpy. So I've got to constantly push and fight against that. And so as you navigate through this winter season, grow better, don't grow bitter. Number two, for those of you who are in this season, don't spiritually retire. So retirement from your career is a great thing. It gives you back one of life's most precious commodities, time. When you retire, it gives you time to be with your loved ones. It gives you time to travel. It gives you time with your spouse. It gives you time to enjoy life. You've worked hard your entire life, so, so rest in retirement from our jobs, it, it's a great thing. I look forward to it one day. There's a, a couple, they were here at the 9 o'clock service that I just love in our church, uh, their names are Joyce and HT. Uh, they are both recently retired, and they're just a dynamic couple, and I love to watch them live their lives uh, because now that they're both retired, they're traveling, they're going up to Tennessee, they got a whole mess of kids and grandkids up there, they're visiting with them, um, they're eating out a lot, just enjoying each other's company, and I know this because I eat out a lot during lunch. And for like three days in a row, I went to three different restaurants, and guess who were there? Joyce and HT. They're just enjoying this time together. And I think that's awesome. That's, that kind of retirement is good. However, you will not find anywhere in the Bible any words written about spiritual retirement. When we retire from our jobs, and, 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 you know, we get on Medicaid or Medicare. I confuse which one that is. Which one is it? Medicare. Medicare. All the old people are like, Medicare. I'm just kidding. I'm, the, I'm just kidding. All right. Right. But you think, you think, well, I'm retired, so I'm just going to take it easy. I'm not really going to do anything for, for the Lord. Like, uh, I'm not going to do anything for the Lord. Let someone else do it. Let some of them little whippersnappers step up and do it. Listen, we want them whippersnappers to step up and do it, but we want them to do it alongside you. Because the Bible doesn't give us any permission to spiritually retire. While we have breath in our lungs, we are here to serve and praise our Lord. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We must never grow weary of doing good. So whether you're 28 or 88, we keep pressing on. 
We keep our eyes on the Lord. We remember our purpose. We fulfill our mission to be God's servants, to make disciples of all people. There's another older couple uh, in our um, congregation, and they were also here at the 9 o'clock uh, hour. Uh, and, you know, they will admit to you they're in the uh, later winter years of their life. Uh, they're 78 and 80 years old. Uh, Joy and Bill Allen. Man, I, I love that. I love that couple. Um, because so many people have walked through those doors to worship with us. And some people are members here because they didn't retire spiritually. They go to the gym every day and they're inviting people. They're at the grocery store. They're inviting people. Before COVID hit, Joy was going to the nursing home and she's, you know, she was helping visit women who, who don't have a lot of visitors there. All right. Um, they're, they're in their 80s, but they haven't retired. Man, that's how I want to be. Never stop serving the Lord. Never stop loving his people. And I may retire one day from ministry, but I'll never retire from serving my Lord. All right. So grow better, not bitter. Do not spiritually retire. And then number three, uh, this is uh, specifically for those of you who are in this winter stage. Don't be afraid to look ahead because your future is bright. Let me say that again. Don't be afraid to look ahead because your future is bright. You know, when we think of older people, we often think, well, the end is near for them and we feel sorry for them. All right? We all want to live long enough to be old, but we don't really ever want to get old because there's some fear there, right? This is the end of my life. The older we get, I'm just giving you simple mathematics, statistically, the closer we are to death. All right, so if you were here last week and you're here today, you're one week closer to your death than you were last week. Man, this is depressing. All right, <laughs> death is a scary proposition. Most people that I know don't want to die. Most people will hang on to this life as long as they can. However, Solomon talks about a reality that many people face. When your body gives out, and you grow weaker and weaker and weaker, and you're going from one doctor to the next, and you're in the hospital for three days, and you're home for a day, and you're in the hospital again, and you have this surgery, and your body just, just begins to just fail you. I want you to hear these words. I read these words as a young man, and, and they have stuck with me for the last 20 or 30 years. This is the phrase before... The list I just read you in Ecclesiastes 12, where he talks about everything breaking down. Here's what Solomon says. Ecclesiastes 12:1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. He's talking about getting old. And the years draw near in which you say, I have no pleasure in them. Every time I read that, I think to myself, man, there is a day coming. For anybody in here, if you live long enough, that you will be absolutely frustrated that you woke up the next morning. A day when you realize, man, there is just nothing left on this earth for me. I'm hurting. I'm tired. I'm cold. I'm frustrated. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. And I just want to go home. I'm by bedsides a lot as people pass away. It's, it's just part of being a, a pastor. 
And that's the number one phrase I hear people say as they know they're dying is, I'm tired and I just want to go home. And I'll often say, do you mean like home, home or home, home? And they, no, I want to go home. I saw this with my grandfather. He, he never was bitter, but when he hit, his, hit 90, he just couldn't do what he used to do. And he would just begin to talk so much about being ready to go home with the Lord. I mean, I, I, had, I was taken aback when he actually sat me down at my parents' house and asked me specifically to pray for him to die. That's how ready he was. He wasn't upset with this life. He was just so excited. He was ready to be with the Lord because he knew where he was going. He knew his future was bright. And he was excited about being with the Lord. As uh, circumstances would dictate, as my grandfather was dying, my uncle Jim was also dying. That would be my grandfather's son-in-law. And my uncle Jim had a brain tumor. Okay, and they were both dying. And I would call my grandfather to check on him, and, and, and he would say the same thing. I'd say, how you doing, granddaddy? And he'd say, I'm doing good, ready to be with the Lord. And here's what he would say. I'm just trying to beat your uncle to the Lord. I want to get there before your uncle gets there. They both died on the same day. My grandfather died, and then 53 minutes later, my Uncle Jim passed away. Now, I know this is weird to you, but that brought me so much comfort because that's what he wanted. And man, his future is so bright. He is in the presence of the Lord. And that's how I, I want to be when I make it to old age. Eagerly awaiting to be with the Lord. Not despising my time on earth, but I, I am ready to be with the Lord. So let me give you an illustration, and this is kind of clumsy. I hope it makes sense. Um, if you've ever been to an amusement park, all right, and you want to ride the roller coaster, um, and so you, you get in line, and you can see right away, man, this line is long, and they even have signs now, like, you have one hour and 45 minutes if you're standing here. And so you're there and you're like, holy cow. And you're just in line. You're kind of shuffling along, moving kind of slow. But you get to a point where the line kind of either snakes under or around where you can see part of the roller coaster. And so you're there. You've still got an hour and a half to go. You're in line and you see people on the roller coaster. They're screaming. They're waving their hands. They're having a good time. Woo! And you think, man, I just want to get there. I cannot wait to get to the front of the line. That's exactly how I pictured my grandfather. He was ready to go. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says this, Therefore we do, not, we do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. He was ready to receive what was promised to him. I don't know if you caught the last part of that. It says, if we patiently endure to the end, we will receive what God has promised. It's a great, great reward. And I don't know everything that these words might encompass, but I do know that if God has something, in great, something great in store for me, I want it. I'm ready for it. Even if it means I have to die to receive it. I love what the Apostle Paul writes as we begin to wind this thing down here. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, picking up in verse 16, you hear this preached at funerals a lot. 
He says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our bodies are wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. And then I love what he says next, this phrase. For this light, momentary affliction. He's talking about the aging process. He's talking about what, what Solomon calls the evil days. These light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. You know, I could sit up here for three years solid and try to preach to you about what heaven's going to be like and none of us can comprehend it. It is that spectacular. As we look not at the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. It means they're here today, they're gone tomorrow. But the things that are unseen are eternal. You know, death is never easy. But according to the Apostle Paul, dying and death are just light and momentary troubles or afflictions. Because God is preparing something so magnificent that we cannot even be able to begin to comprehend or imagine. So for those of you who are in late winter of life, I would say don't fret. Don't be afraid to look ahead because your future is bright. You are closer to the roller coaster than some of us, but we all long to get on that roller coaster and go to the same place, our eternal dwelling with our perfect, loving, heavenly Father. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.